We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. What up, listener? We wanted to take a second to thank you for listening to this Blue Wire podcast. Be sure to show your support to this pod by subscribing and dropping a five-star review on iTunes, a follow on Spotify, or the appropriate dap for any other platform you might be listening on. And if you're enjoying this show, chances are you'll like one of our 75 other sports podcasts. Find more shows you'll love at BlueWirePods.com. Thanks again for listening, and now back to your regularly scheduled podcast. All right, welcome, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls of the Wombo Combo Podcast. I'm Breaking CPK, joined by BSJ, as always, and we got a fun show ahead for you guys. Obviously, a lot of Dota 2 currently taking place right now, and that's what we're going to do here on this episode, uh, talk about the major qualifiers into the minor qualifiers that, of course, is happening. So we are uh, doing this uh, live recording on a little bit different day and time, so uh, some things came up for myself, take blame for it, but had to reschedule, but to be honest, honestly gave us a little more talking points uh, in terms of results and stuff that 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 took place earlier on in this week so maybe not the worst things ever but bsj how you doing man confirming i'm not muted yes we're good cool cool first try um as always i always do that correctly um i'm doing good man <laughs> I, I had a nice weekend off and hadn't had the chance to watch too much of the dodo just spent a little bit of time kind of catching up uh on the offline meta for myself to kind of understand you know what are people trying to do with these heroes i'm seeing a lot of slardars and all that kind of stuff so i was kind of trying to understand uh you know what i missed it's amazing how in dota uh if you miss two or three days you, you sometimes you're like wait when did this hero become popular and, and all that kind of stuff so uh for someone like myself i always feel need to stay extremely current so it's kind of funny how quickly you fall behind, but uh, I'm doing good. No, that was a long answer. Ready to talk about all the stuff that's been going on. It's the ever-evolving game, man. I mean, that's that's one of the many reasons that we like this, uh, that we love this game really in Dota, isn't it? That it's just constantly shifting. And so to your point there, yet, yet another case here. As far as these major qualifiers taking place, there's been patches in between, of course, of the recent major uh, to finish up and it, now these qualifiers. And we certainly are uh, seeing a bit of that. And yeah, Slaughter was actually one of those heroes, as you mentioned, that... Uh, I, I want to say I don't know. I mean, personally, I feel like this hero has been pretty uh, solid for a while, and I've been a fan of it. The the mobility of him that he brings to the table and that heavy burst damage, if he, you know, timing of course the stuns as far as the auto attacks go. But that on top of now seeing Snapfire and Void Spirit, uh, it really has been something here. So uh, I mean, well, yeah, go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say that uh, I think that the offlane meta has kind of shifted where it's really hard to win your lane against a lot of the carries people are picking. You're often picking your offlaner before you pick the carry. So we've been kind of seeing a shift to offlaners that kind of are expected to lose their lane. Uh, and then they just have really big impact on the game. Slardar. We've seen some clockwork. I've seen some more dark seer. 
uh, Pangaliers, uh, these types of heroes that last patch we really didn't see at all. Last patch we kind of saw these like lane dominator, Timbersaw, uh, Doom type heroes. Mm -hmm. uh, really the only exception to this is Enchantress, and she's so highly sought after that uh, she's getting first rounded and then countered so hard that she's being moved to a support position. So um, if you want to gain some MMR in pubs right now, just learn how to play Enchantress offlane. That shit is easy MMR. I will say that right now. There you go. If you know what you're doing. Uh with that said, guys, before we get too much into this, I can want to reiterate, obviously, thank you for tuning in. If you happen to be tuning in the live show, even if you're watching this on the VOD or the After the Fact, uh, be sure to go to our Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash prediction esports. Hit that follow button. Even subscriptions are welcome. It does help support us here. Uh, the umbrella of podcasts, us being, of course, uh, the Wombo Combo Dota 2 podcast, but many esport podcasts here to, uh, to enjoy. So definitely appreciate the support that you can give. All right. Continuing on further, though, as far as our content goes for today again the big part of this going over the majors uh there is some roster stuff to talk about as well and even throughout the uh discussion here as far as how the results have been looking so far but without further ado i think it's uh ready to to get right into it and let's just say the european region is uh the focus for good reason when it comes to these qualifiers especially with the announcement of nip going back to europe going into it and now with their roster change ogs both ogs qualifying via the open qualifiers by the way uh, og seed and of course og themselves and obviously this is the debut of ogs roster as well there's potentially six even seven of these teams that you could look at going into this and anyone could have got these three spots right uh and that's actually part of the discussion i wanted to start with where three spots for the major only one spot for the minor now of course this is consistent with how they've been doing the format all season so we shouldn't be surprised in that sense where if you get three spots for the major you only get one for the minor if you get two for the major then you get two for the minor but there is some debate being brought up more so than i think previously that Europe deserves at the very least two minor spots instead of the one uh, that has been given to them. So starting with that, I mean, I'll let you BSJ give your take and uh, how you feel on this. I think this gets talked about a lot and I'm just going to be short and sweet. I think NA is a trash region for the most part. Like I think if you look at the fifth best team in NA, it's like, who's that? What are they like? Zolato. Yeah. And you put them against the top four and it's like a joke. Like the, the, yeah. the difference between fourth and fifth is in, is insane and then, and then in the european region you have a team like aggressive mode and nip who just like move back and suddenly you have liquid and alliance not in the major qualifier right like they're not even having a chance to qualify for the major and there's only one slot left in the minor like liquid alliance or enigma is just not going to go to anything like that's obviously enigma looking less than impressive but uh i i just think na is a joke so uh, you know i'm surprised it keeps happening that's the TLDR of my opinion on this. So you would take the spot away from NA and give it to Europe. You you wouldn't mind that happening, it sounds like. Yes, I, I think NA does not deserve four slots at all. That's fair. Um, my take on this is kind of similar to yours. We understand that, yeah, when it comes to NA as a region, maybe not as strong. And I, I could see that. And if that was to happen, if the adaptation was to happen as the season moves on, if Valve is willing to make these kind of changes as it progresses, I'm fine with that. I will to kind of play a little bit of devil's advocate, though, on the other side, because there's a lot of people that are advocating for it. And I get why. And again, I wouldn't be the most surprised if they ended up doing it. L let's be careful in terms of going overboard here when it comes to saying, oh, well, in theory, all these teams are so much better than these other teams. So they deserve this many more spots. I mean, there's a reason why we got rid of the invite system in past in the past, especially before the DPC. And if you really kind of think back, there was a lot of flaws when it came to that with this whole inviting these teams that are, quote unquote, just better than others because of their rosters or players that happened to that we just know that much better than others. And yes, in most cases, that is a, that's a fair way to evaluate uh, the teams that we're looking at and, and whether or not they're deserving. And ultimately the results can speak for that. But we've also, every season we have both teams and especially players that come out of nowhere, it feels like, and represent themselves and make a point that, wait a second, you know, we, we deserve a shot ourselves. So this idea that just way over the top of like, oh, you know, give Europe, you know, another spot, even two more spots. I mean, you even said it yourself, Nigma in this, in these very qualifiers, they frankly didn't look too good. Uh, we had a team like aggressive mode, for example, 
kind of, I don't want to say came out of nowhere. It's a solid roster, but you know, this is a team that uh, you would not expect defeating teams like Nigma and so on to uh, ultimately do what they're doing. So again, I just go back to be careful on going a little too extreme in terms of this specific region is so deserving compared to others. I want to at least leave a little bit of room to have this chance for the lesser teams and the players uh, to continue to prove themselves. I mean, I'm just purely based off results, you know, and what was it last major, like four of the top six or something or EU, maybe three or whatever, like three of the top six or EU. It, I just, to me, that's like good enough to prove to me, you know, I, if, if say we give four slots to the major or three slots to the major and two to the minor for EU and EU just doesn't place well at the next major, that's fine. Like, I don't think invite systems are good, as you said, but I do think handing out invites based on previous results is a thing. Like, I almost think NA could have been warranted to be given another extra slot to the, or like, it makes sense that NA got three slots to the second major because in the first major of the year, two NA teams placed top six. Like, I think that's good enough to prove that maybe NA deserves a third slot for a major. And it's like, if that happens, right, we get tops, we have two teams in top six. And then after that, we have one team in the top two and then, every other team gets like last place mm-hmm. then suddenly maybe we don't deserve those slots you know i'm just saying that i think this could be a much more dynamic system i don't think it needs to be um what do you call it just kind of set in stone that every region gets four slots it's just whether or not they get three to the major or two to the major yeah. you know um that's that's my issue i think we can look at how good these teams are doing and you could just look at the NA qualifiers like it's a joke. It really is like the top. You have the top four teams, who are respectable teams, and then all the others are teams that have been together for less than a week. You know, mm-hmm. like they're just stacks that are thrown together, and it's just sad. But that's what the NA region is, and I, I we can't ignore that. Is all I'm saying. So that's. I, I, there's definitely argument both sides and I get that. And like, I'm the last one that wants like the worst for NA region, but if we can't prove ourselves to be more than four teams, then we don't deserve to be treated like we are. And if we only have four teams, why should we have four slots? Like you're just saying a decent team in NA is going to go to a major or minor every single time while in a region like EU, you have to prove yourself, which isn't that what qualifiers are is, is, is proving yourself. Right. So yeah. Um, yeah, that's I the, I was going to say I, I go into to the qualifier aspect. I, I definitely agree there that if it is going to be this format of only having the three European and that one for minor, ideally the qualifier, there should be a more extensive uh, qualifying format uh, in terms of not this GSL. I guess it's not GSL. Excuse me. It's not. It's not but yeah, the first stage and then essentially three of the five teams are eliminated after this first stage of the event that 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 feels like it happens too quick uh for being so much on the line and vi- th- th- this competitive especially as it is in the european region so i thought it should be six teams where like the top two in each group or top one in each group get a buy and sure. then the second third play each other so i agree with you like in the regions like eu where three teams qualify only four teams advance from the group stage like mm-hmm. what is that uh, I was kind of like, uh, that's so confusing. You you make it past the group stage and you win a single best of three and you're qualified. Like, that's really strange to me. You know, uh, I'm not taking away, obviously, the teams that qualify are very good. You know, I I just think that if you get third in your group in EU and you're just out of the running, that's pretty brutal. You know, that could be a single best of one or like you dropped one game in a best of two that you maybe shouldn't have dropped. And I don't think yeah. qualifiers should be that unforgiving. So. Kind of going a little bit further into that, even, I I think one of the main reasons they do this format is because of, you know, scheduling purposes and wanting to get the teams as soon as possible. Right. But I feel like this it's kind of left over from the previous seasons where especially we had more 
I guess uh, maybe it wasn't more tournaments last season, but it, it felt like maybe it was more compact. At least the very first season, it definitely was more. But I, I feel like it's 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 a leftover fact, and that hasn't really been looked over enough to be like, wait a second, we have a little bit more time. Why not draw uh, draw out? Excuse me, these qualifiers, especially since the minor is now part of the major qualifiers uh, with how they compacted it this season. So why not draw it out further? Take a little bit more time, create more of a storyline when it comes to the online aspect that then goes into the major. Because, you know, let's be honest, when it comes to the major events themselves, even the minors, of course, we almost forget like how these teams qualified. And yes, they may have some cool little video that tells us, oh, yeah, this is all like, oh, that's right. They, they had to be that team. But what what's the idea of actually having that storyline created that then leads in, up into the event? And I know there's logistics. I'm not saying they should qualify, play qualifiers until like the week before, but at least a little bit closer. And it seems like that they could definitely take advantage of that uh, when it comes to using more of a window to appreciate these qualifiers and allow the teams to truly earn set spots in the end. I agree. I mean, I think next year they've kind of hinted with this whole league system Mm -hmm. that they plan on having a more extensive period between the majors where it's not just do or die over the course of three days uh, to whether or not you go to a big tournament. But, you know, just because you're changing the system next year, does that really mean you have to wait until then to do anything? Yeah. You know, that's that's kind of my issue, as I as you've already kind of pointed out. They're just kind of – this is the system they have. They, they're, There's definitely I, – I can understand there's things that you don't see coming, right? But I, why can't you just adjust it slightly every major or whatever? You know, you, you obviously learn your lesson pretty quick when you're like, oh, you know, first round of majors felt like, you know, this team didn't qualify for the major because they got third in their group by one game to a team, and it's like – is that really a good way to determine who deserves to go? I don't mm-hmm. think so. You know, that kind of stuff. So, uh, I mean, either way, uh, I I just look forward to next year when they change the system. I just think it's sad they have to wait that long. I mean, they don't, but yeah. To your point, it's, or that they're choosing to wait. They're choosing to, yeah. I mean, we'll see. It's they, they, they did make that adaptation from the first and the second cycle, as you mentioned, especially with NA. So who's to say they, they won't see this reaction, especially, and be like, okay, maybe we did overlook at it. Cycle four, let's go ahead and make the change. I mean, I'm still under the impression that we may see some changes this season but yeah it, it sounds like that i mean I, at least i almost convinced myself there, i guess that I, I think ultimately we really would i would love to see even a format change that extends a period rather than Im- simply giving another spot to a region or whatever I, I really would i really hope for that especially next season that uh that is thought of and comes about i don't see us go actually i believe they 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 kind of do that i believe they, they do have like that three major system a year themselves and they really have these on the online qualifiers. And even I think some of them are even land portion qualifiers to the actual major events. Um, maybe we can see something like that, but anyways, that's uh that's, that's another topic and we'll see if that eventually uh, comes out there. Ever see an untucked button down? They look bad. Why? Because they weren't meant to be worn that way. Thankfully there's untuck it. The original button down shirt actually designed to be worn untucked. No matter your size or shape, Untuck It shirts always fall at the perfect untucked length. With Untuck It, your shirts will never look baggy, bulgy, too long, or too big again. And their website is so easy to use, they even have a whole page devoted to helping you find your fit. So whether you're shopping for the perfect gift or just trying to craft a smart, relaxed style of your own, Untuck It is the way to go. Visit untuckit.com and use code BLUE for 20% off at checkout. That's U-N-T-U-C-K-I-T dot and promo code BLUE for 20% off. All right, so that leads us now into... We got. We are starting to get results. In fact, so as we're recording this podcast, here it is uh, Tuesday night, and currently the North American and the SA regions are playing. We'll we'll get into that actually shortly. But of sticking with the European region. Wanted to continue to go over that. We've already kind of touched on it a little bit. Nigma, one of the more surprises in terms of a negative aspect. Uh, they went one, one, and two in their groups. Ended up uh, getting knocked or finishing third. So that means no major for them. They'll have to compete in the minor qualifiers coming up. Um, but yeah, even further to your point, NIP and Liquid they actually tied for second place in their group. They played a best of one at the beginning of today, and NIP ended up winning that. So. Suddenly, NIP still has that major spot of contention, and Liquid's now 
go into the minor qualifiers themselves. But as of this podcast show, we currently have both Team Secret and OG going to the major. It'll be NIP versus Aggressive Mode. Aggressive Mode, a team of Skitter, Bornesia, Skylark, Lil, and Spartan. Um, those two teams will be playing for the final European spot. But again, no surprises here in Secret. OG... I, I'm a little surprised. I don't, it's not the craziest thing ever, but a little surprised with how well they played, especially considering it's a very new roster together and how tough Europe is. But those are the two teams. I don't know, man. I, I that team. I would be shocked under the captaining of No Tail if players of that caliber aren't able to pull together. And I, I, I did say last week that what I liked about this roster specifically is the player personalities and play style just work together like sumail hyper aggressive player mid one pretty crazy player himself and we that's like exactly what they needed on on og right like that's that's what tops and and no tail are all about on that roster so um i think that's why it's working even if they haven't played together at all for very long uh, obviously just very good players that all work together very nicely um I, the funny comment I have to say is uh, the SA qualifiers, I don't know the exact update, but they were doing like a three-way tie that were all best of ones, and they kept around robbing it where two teams were beating each other. All three teams were beating each other. Yep. So now they're in this like – they were on the third game as we started this podcast, and I don't know exactly where they're at with this, but they've been playing a quali- – they've been playing a tiebreaker almost all day today. <laughs> so um, the best of one tiebreakers is kind of funny to me. You know, it kind of goes along with – I laugh at it, but I think it's a pretty bad way of tie-breaking, a best of one. Like, you're telling me that Liquid and NIP, the chance to go to the major is decided by a best of one? You know, I think that's just kind of just flawed. You know, that's really Mm -hmm. all I got about that one. Um, And right at this moment, uh, we're watching, I just have it on in the background, Business Associates versus XJ Storm uh, versus uh, Chaos. So, uh, a lot to be decided in the next day or two. As you said, we've already seen a decent amount of results coming out today. Um, going into our next point, you have it where uh, TNC didn't qualify for the major. And uh, they even had to play a best-of-one tiebreaker to have a chance at well, the minor. They, they still uh, have that. Or they have to play <laughs> they, they, wow. they We don't even – oh, no, I apologize. No, they did. I'm sorry. Yeah, with the Southeast oh, okay. Asian time, it's it. confusing. Yes, they beat Reality Rift, as you mentioned, on that tiebreaker there. So, yeah, if they didn't win that best of one, they actually wouldn't even uh, be <laughs> be going to the mi- like the minor qualifiers, and that's just – wow, right? Like, that's just crazy. Or there's potential, at least. So, um, but, yeah, okay, so so South Southeast Asia – Obviously, uh, interesting in itself, and the highlight there is certainly TNC not qualifying. I don't want to say I told you so, but it kind of goes back to this point. It's again, this team is very, very skilled team, but it seems like as that uh, keeping it up throughout the season, uh, it, it was uh, it was going to be a, a bit of an issue. And here they are now, barely qualifying for last major, and now not even qualifying uh, qualifying for this one. Hey, we'll still see them at TI. I, I feel like in the end, especially of course uh, with that would happen at the first. I guess they've already kind of guaranteed that, anyways. But you get that point. But not tracking it too much now. Hopefully they qualify for the minor, of course, um, or else that's going to be something. And again, Southeast Asia though they they only got that uh, that one minor spot in the end, so it's definitely no guarantee there um, when it comes to them qualifying. But the uh, the other team, so stick with Southeast Asia. You got Fnatic and Geek Fam. The other two teams, and then you have Adroit versus IO Dota 2 will be the uh, other two teams that'll be uh, playing for the spot. But yeah, the other storyline for Southeast Asia is unfortunate in the sense that yet another case of internet issues. Uh, last cycle for those major qualifiers, in fact, against TNC, we had, I think it was Signa Ultra, if I'm not mistaken, they had internet issues in a game three against TNC to go to the major. Ultimately, now again, TNC was ahead at that point, but still, they ultimately had to forfeit it in the end because the internet issues just came to a point where they couldn't connect it back into the game. Uh, here we are in this new cycle, and Adroit actually had internet issues against Fnatic in their um, in their opening playoff series, and ultimately had to forfeit at least the first game of that series. They did end up playing the second game. They had to go to a LAN cafe. It was really delayed. 
they lost in 17 minutes in game two. So <laughs> Fnatic won that series two games to nothing. It, not really much else to say about that other than it, Southeast Asia it especially seems to have these issues, unfortunately. And, you know, what are you going to do, though, right? It's just it's part of the game and you hate to see it. But I guess life moves on there. Yeah. At least there's another chance. Like you said, you hate to see it. I don't know what else to say about that. I've had twice in my career that internet issues hurt the team I was on in a qualifier. And it's just... How much work goes into these teams, you know, making it to where they do, and just having something out of your control be the reason why you lose, I just harp on that as being so demoralizing in a game that's already frustrating enough. And it's just sad to see. I don't know the fix myself in the SCA region, you know, why a team like a droid has to play from a land cafe is beyond me. You know, why do they not have the resources to have five PCs and a shitty apartment? You know, I don't know. Actually, I got I'm not trying to be rude. Maybe I'm just ignorant about it. I, I think that overall living in SEA, at least in certain countries, is very cheap. So can't we just invest like if you're going to have a team you know why why are you going so half ass on it like why is your team training at a at a land cafe <laughs> yeah you know, i i don't know i i just i would just hate to think to myself that i'm doing all that that i can to qualify and i lose uh, for something i can't do anything about yeah no, I, I see what you're saying, and it's one of those things, yeah, from my experience, I've had the chance to travel to several Southeast Asian countries, Thailand especially, back in my Han days, uh, many of times, and I know, at least in that area, you know, very prevalent when it comes to these land cafes and um, and the players playing from them, but yeah, when, when it comes to stable internet, it, it seems like that's, that is an issue for whatever reason, so I, it's... It is one of those on paper. It seems like, come on, you know, just spend maybe a little bit more resources to make sure that's not the case. But it's it's easy for us to say that, you know, when you're not just there, kind of situation. Yeah, yeah. From whole forehead. Apparently, yeah. the internet pro- providers are are pretty trash. There is what somebody in chat is yeah. saying, um, and there's a chance that they might have even had a boot camp and just not even been able to use the internet at their boot camp. So. That's just a travesty. I don't have anything else to say about that. You know, <laughs> that's just, you know, now what? You know, you're living in a region that can't even provide you with good enough internet to to do your job. I mean, as a, as a streamer and somebody who's been relying on the internet to do my job for five years, whenever I have internet problems, it's probably the most frustrating thing in the actual entire work field of, of this job is mm-hmm. to is to just be like, hey, I'm going to go stream or I'm going to go make money, and then you just can't do it because your internet. It's like, oh. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, so uh, I I can sympathize on that regard, but uh, I, I always imagine there's a solution somewhere, but if teams are having that much issue, I think it probably speaks more to the region and something fundamentally being wrong with the system rather than the teams themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've definitely been there myself, uh, streaming and casting to uh, 20,000 plus viewers. All of a sudden, the internet goes down. You're like, well, I hate my life right now. Yeah, that's about right. <laughs> it's uh, not, not fun times there. It's a, yeah, you can only imagine, like you said, especially with what they're going through with the major spot on the line. You know, the, the silver lining, as, as mentioned, they still have another chance. IO Dota 2 going to be their opponent in about five hours from now as we're actually doing this live podcast here. Um, is when they're going to play them. IO Dota 2, by the way, it's that newer roster of Miracle, the Southeast Asian Miracle, I try to say it like that. Uh, ben Hur, Bimbo, Ohio, and Mushi is their roster. So it's actually very, very, very solid roster there. I uh, could certainly see that one going, uh, going either way for that major spot. But yeah, goes back to TNC not qualifying for the majors. Certainly the big storyline out, uh, out of Southeast Asia. Uh, the next topic, yeah, yeah, you, you already kind of touched on it a little bit anyways, but South America, yeah, as we're speaking, literally in their third cycle of a best-of-one tiebreaker because of that three-way tie uh, that happened between Furia, Beast Coast, and Infamous. And, I mean, that's kind of – that's uh, – it, it's it's interesting to see, you know, the fact that it's still going on is, is kind of funny slash not at the same time, but – 
the storyline here is that Beast Coast potentially could not qualify for the major, getting even to the major playoff qualifiers. And this yeah. is, you think South South American Dota, you think Beast Coast, right? Like Is what the run they had last season and what they've already done this season to an extent. So that would certainly be something uh, if they fall short. But both Infamous and Furia clearly giving them a run for their money. And uh, again, even the two teams that qualify out of these tiebreakers then have to play against the two other teams in Pain Gaming and Thunder Predator to then try to claim one of those uh, two spots for South America. But, yeah, this goes back to the format. We've already kind of harped on that, though. But go ahead. I'm going to give you a little bit of insider information. Maybe I'm not supposed I don't, I think I'm – I don't think this is confidential. Maybe it is. Um, that I've been alerted that Beast Coast does not scrim. So, okay. like, they literally do not scrim. Uh, so my guess would be that this patch is actually pretty different than 7.23. A lot changed just by, like, change to neutral items, change to the map, um, slight buffs and nerfs to heroes. So the hero meta is very different, uh, let me tell you. Like, I, I spent a large majority of the last, like, three weeks spamming Enchantress, spamming Mars. I've been even spamming Clockwork, you know, playing Slardar. Like, I, I'm trying to expand my offlane hero pool, and I just have to guess that... The fact that they don't scrim is probably making it so this new meta is is like a big problem for them. I think that the other teams probably just have a better sense of what's good right now. I personally have not watched Beast Coast games, but to have a team that that's dominant for a region, even be struggling to get out of the groups is, you know, uh, indicative of something drastic, right? So uh, I, that would be my theory craft. Uh it looks like somebody's saying Beast Coast did now win. So I, no more of this tiebreaker. I was just looking at that myself just to kind of confirm. And yeah, the so Beast Coast did win their first two of this next stage of the of the tiebreaker. So yeah, Beast Coast at least again this they haven't qualified for the major. They've now qualified for the chance to play for the yeah. major. Um, so good for them at least getting that spot. And it will be Furia versus Infamous for then that final uh, playoff spot right there. So finally, after three rounds of best of one tiebreakers, it will be coming to an end. With that, there. That's... I mean, even then, like even though they qualified, everything I said still applies. The sure. fact that they struggled to get that is is pretty pretty telling itself. Uh, the series going on right now, the Business Associates versus Chaos, I think is a quite a good series. The first one, the first game was quite the three two two back and forth. I think it added up to like twelve eighty eight at some point. And uh, this last game, Business Associates had a pretty massive advantage, and now it's coming down to the wire uh so definitely if you missed this series probably worth checking it out uh, i'm not gonna spoil either way so uh obviously it goes game three but you know that's about the only spoil you're gonna get at. all right all right fair enough um eg on the other side i'll spoil that one they did two nothing fighting pandas so uh they're in the upper bracket finals there but again this being only two teams qualifying for the major it's a little bit different than some of these other regions um and i'm actually looking at the schedule too i'm a little surprised they only play the the two best of threes today and then uh, tomorrow is when we'll actually get to find out again as we're doing this podcast which are the, the both of the teams that'll qualify out of na so it goes down to the final day there uh, before we get said information, but uh, I obviously have predictions uh, there, and uh, we'll actually go over those uh, here in a second um, as we'll move on uh, to the next topic eventually. But uh, I guess that leaves us with what? Oh, I see CIS we haven't mentioned yet. Um, in CIS, so one of the more interesting results to me, Gambit actually not getting out of the groups. They end up getting knocked out in the group, so they're going to have to play in the minor qualifiers. But uh, currently, it's Hellraisers and Navi playing in the upper bracket finals for the playoffs. And then you got Virtus Pro and Cyber Legacy going to be in the lower region there. Of course, uh, CIS, Dota, in these between the cycles, this last one, there's a bit of roster changing that took place from teams. Um, so uh, CIS, to me, continues to be the who the hell knows what's going to happen, especially this season with no longer having that one dominant team <laughs> that we've seen in years past. So, Yeah, Gambit also lost GPK due to all that shenanigans going on mm -hmm. with VP and contract issues. So GPK was really what a lot of people are saying was their X factor. So to have GPK be out of the picture is a pretty significant loss for a team like Gambit. Uh, so even though it's kind of like what you know what's happening, you know, all this kind of stuff, it is almost predictable that Gambit would struggle if to get, make it to the major. <clears throat> I'm noticing Team Spirit actually not uh, not qualifying even for the minor themselves. So 
Uh, Team Spirit, uh, another one of these teams that may be a little surprising, but no minor or major for them when it comes to uh, when it comes to this cycle. But again, a very chaotic region and one where it seems like anything can happen from uh, cycle to cycle. So keeping an eye on that, see who qualifies with the major, then eventually the minor there. Uh, that leaves us with China. Now, we haven't brought this up until now because, in case you haven't heard, uh, matches have been postponed. Of course, there's that whole uh, coronavirus going around, and in case you haven't, you're living under a rock. Um, no, but especially in China, it's uh, very prevalent over there. So the idea that the matches were postponed, not the most surprising. Uh, from my understanding, though, as of right now, they're, they're going to try to get the matches played uh, starting in the next couple of days here. So I, I know there's been a lot of there's been a lot of rumors out there as far as what's going to happen. I mean, we don't know. Right. Like the, it, there's it, this is one of those things, you know, that happens in the world where you kind of just let it run its course and we'll we'll see where it goes from here that there could be some radical things that take place in terms of no chinese team for the major you would hope it doesn't come to that but uh you know certainly any possibility is there but from from what i understand they are going to look to get these qualifiers played and uh that'll be uh coming up in a couple of days there is still one storyline though in that vici gaming is not uh not playing they have chosen to sit out this cycle like other teams had, of course, at the beginning of the season. Uh, Vici's like, we did pretty well the first two majors. Let's take a rest. We're, we're probably in a good spot already to qualify for TI-10 at this point anyways. I guess you can't blame them. Yep. I will I will say time and time again, Dota's an incredibly difficult game and exhausting game to constantly be on top of. And uh, I give credit to where it's due that these teams that – have a good like you said they already pretty much qualified to ti like why not you know it's a good time of the year to take a break you, you know you, you uh you still come back focused for the end of the season and obviously for ti so now is a good time you already secured your spot pretty much why what time's better than now and you know i i have a little tidbit i just remember this back from uh when i was in high school that i was struggling to i was running track and i was trying to get a scholarship and I was struggling to get the best time or like I was really trying to break 49 seconds on the 400 meter. And I couldn't do it. And I, I hit 49 one, like five meets Oof. in a row. And then what happened was I got invited to go to the beach with a few friends over spring break. And originally my dad and I were kind of like, ah, I don't think I should do that. Like it's the middle of track season. I shouldn't take any time off. And eventually I got convinced to take the time off. And I came back three days after that and ran my I ran a 48.3. Like I ran my bat I ran my best time right after taking a break. And sometimes, man, you just get consumed in competition. I like I know that's just a small little story from my life, but sometimes you just need a break, man. Sometimes that's like the best solution. I think that goes for anybody. And uh like a lot of people say, you know, BSJ, how do I untilt? How do I unwind from like a bad streak of pubs or you know, if it's in real life, whatever, it's like, just take a step back, you know, just yeah. like sometimes it's impossible to be clear headed in the midst of all the crap. So uh, that's my little, uh, you know, how to reset. I like yeah. it. Yeah, that's that's uh, definitely a good good thing to say. And I mean, I guess my 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 little story on that is that, well, not really a story, but I, I have a my the family i married into i should say uh has a cabin you know, three or four hours up north here in michigan where i'm from that we like to go up to especially during the summer of course and uh just hang out up there and, and you unplug from everything there's actually no internet access up there and uh, no phone access etc so you know that might sound scary to some people and i understand yeah, why but uh, outside yeah no internet. it's it's crazy right now um but uh it, it is nice to do that sometimes so i could definitely relate there in that getting that resetting getting that r and r Certainly uh, good for anyone out there. So, yeah, no no surprises here. Absolutely, they have every right to do so. Um, so, Vici Gaming, enjoy the rest. I assume they'll be back for Cycle 4. But now I guess that does bring up an interesting point because we haven't seen it yet this season so far. We saw it at the beginning, but will that mean that Vici Gaming will have to play open qualifiers in Cycle 4? I didn't really look that up or see uh, anything sure, about probably, that. Probably. I, I, based on the last major minor cycle, wasn't it? I think so. I think you're right. So that's, I guess that's the one downside of taking the break in the end outside of missing out on potential money there. But hey, um, I'm sure they'll be fine. We uh, we also thought yeah. the same for LGD. 
Um, and they weren't so fine. So, <laughs> speaking of that, let's just talk about that now while we're on that topic because you're in China here. Uh, LGD is set to play in the open qualifiers. Um, the roster is going to look a little different, though. And this this came a little bit of surprise, I'm sure, to, to many out there, especially considering we haven't seen them yet this season, really, uh, with them losing the open qualifiers last cycle. But uh, I don't think it was necessarily because of that. Now, I have nothing to suggest why I believe that, but just my intuition suggests that this maybe was just a move that might have been coming for a while, and they felt like it was time to do it now. Uh, Ame, no longer their carry player. Uh, Ajit stepping in as their carry player instead. So uh, CDAC, of course, they essentially trading core players right there as Ame then goes to CDAC himself. But a uh, long-time LGD player, this is a team that's been very consistent these last couple of years. Same roster, uh, not the same. So... What did you think when you heard the the LGD change? Ah, I mean, it's just <sighs> you never know what's going on within these teams. That's all I gotta say. You know, sometimes like one really bad thing can happen, and you just decide to take a break on one player, or the team decides they're better off without that player. It's just always so hard to look from the outside in and be like, yeah, this is probably what happened. It's just always so <clears throat> random. So many random things can occur, and. Uh, yeah, that's just all I got to say about it. It's It always trips me up a bit when I see that kind of caliber of a team even remove one player. Yeah. Or if one player decides to step down, well, whoever decides, you know, it's always pretty crazy to me. Especially in the in the China scene, they, they definitely do things different over there where yeah. the teams and how they interact with one another, I think is a good way to put it. Um, they are almost... I, I want to be careful because they, they are almost a little bit more professional than other regions. Now, this, there are plenty of reasons why you could say that's not the case. But the point being that when it comes to these, you know, trading players with one another, uh, they do it more officially with our contracts and everything. So uh, they treat it more of like that league that uh, some other esport titles would even have out there. But it seems so. Yeah, we, we don't know. Was this more the management decision? Was this more the players? Yeah, we, we really just don't know. It hasn't really come out. Um outside of the brief uh, message that they gave, which, as usual, didn't really tell us much when it came <laughs> to this uh, transaction here. So. A lot said without anything being told. There you go. That's a good way to put it. I will say this about Ajit uh, specifically. First off, I love saying his name. It's just one of those fun names to say. But second off, when I was first getting into the Dota 2 scene, like really starting to, you know, I left Han. I was like, all right, going to start grinding some Dota 2 now. I went to the Boston Major. Uh, that was my first event there. Uh, Ajit was actually, uh, I decided to do some research on a lot of the teams and players, just kind of prep myself and treat myself as if I'm, you know, casting it or whatever. And Ajit stood out as one of the more higher standout players in terms of stats. His stats were ridiculous. Now, a lot of it came from online play, but uh, in specifically in the SEA region, but when it came to just farming in general, the guy was just up there. I was as far as the top of the GPM and the net worth went and everything. So I believe at the time he played for, uh, they were called Warrior Gaming Unity. Uh, WG Unity was the name, I believe. But point is, very, uh, very awesome player there, stat-wise. Uh, so good to see him on a very solid roster, of course, uh, in LGD. And I, I, I have a high expectations, I guess, is the ultimate point there, especially with a team like LGD. Let's just say I think they should qualify at least for the closed qualifiers. Get out of open. That's, that's a start. Uh, yeah, one step at a time. Yeah. <laughs> Could you imagine? <laughs> Dear God. Yeah, the, the pressure is definitely on them. But, yeah, you, you would hope and think that that's not going to be an issue for uh, for that team. All right. I think that uh, goes over all the regions as far as results and how they've been shaping up so far. Um, I figure that the last thing to do is maybe, maybe give our uh, predictions in terms of how we uh, think uh, – things could uh, shape up but um so let's go ahead and get into our betonline.ag bold predictions of the week uh betonline.ag is your online sportsbook expert use the promo code bluewire all one word for 50% off on a or a 50% welcome bonus even um so yeah so when it comes to predictions right here we mentioned obviously we already have some results uh from these uh from these qualifiers but NA, let, let, let's start with that one. I know you bring it up a lot for good reason, and NA fans here. Um, we still have all four teams. It's going to go into tomorrow before we start figuring out who the teams are going to be that qualified. You got EG, Fighting Pandas, Business Associates, uh, a.k.a. JSTORM, and Chaos. Of those of those four, who do you see qualifying for the major? 
I'm going to make a bold one here. Listen here. Just be careful. So make sure you're sitting down. I'm going to go with EG oh, to be guess. one of the two teams to qualify. Uh, I know that's a stretch, but I really do think they're coming around as a squad. And then uh, the other one's pretty tough. You know, Chaos, uh, no, you know, spoiler alert, spoiler alert, you know, uh, Chaos did just win the series, so they were the other team in the upper bracket. Okay. But I do believe that it is kind of a toss-up, and I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to vote for Fighting Pandas. Uh, you know, I, I think uh, those three teams are very shaky. And I watched that Business Associates Chaos series, and they just did not look that great, either team. So uh, mm-hmm. it felt like whatever team was winning ended up losing because they just didn't play clean enough in order to to win the win the series or win the game itself. Um, so I'm going to go with Fighting Pandas as the second team. All right. Uh, EG, there's no question there. It's not going to try to debate otherwise, but uh, I'm going to go with Chaos. I'll go with Chaos, not only to be a little bit different, but I think that the the Biver pickup was a very good one, former Han player, so naturally um, I'm a fan of his, but uh, he's been a player that's bounced around a lot from CIS region, even a little bit of Europe, and uh, now, of course, in the NA region. Uh, stepping in, MSS going the offlane, but he's done that in the past. It seems like that this is a roster that you, know, you just look at it, and from what they've done recently, at least two um there it's hard to see them not qualifying for the major so uh eg and chaos for me would be the uh those bold predictions there <laughs> so 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 bold um hey, yeah, but hey down with all that boldness you got there. <laughs> the the, uh, the other two will qualify for the minor anyway so whatever right <laughs> yeah exactly what what i one can wish here's a bold prediction fuck it let zolotl they're gonna qualify for the minor my boy zolotl are finally gonna do it they're back man yeah or they're there they're, back, <laughs> they they never there. been uh cut that yeah, yeah. no <laughs> um <laughs> yeah i i hope man that's they're one of those stories i Kind of a sidetrack here, but it's a lot. I got the chance to cast these guys a uh, fair amount, just being NA qualifying casting coverage throughout the years. And uh, just seeing us, uh, they're not full Mexican squad now anymore, technically, but still, you know, from South is, or Central America there for the most part, four of their five being Mexican players. It's, it's, not a, it's not a country, especially that you think, you know, Dota 2, but it would just be something not only for that country, but just in general to see a team like that on the big stage. So similar to... Uh, We've been starting to see some UK representation sprinkle in to these teams. Uh, Tanner, of course, the big name there out of uh, NIP. Saw some more today. So I guess, you know what, let's just transition there to Europe. Uh, We've already mentioned those two teams that have qualified in Secret and OG. So that leaves both NIP and Aggressive Mode. Who you got, BSJ? Let's go Aggressive Mode. I'm down for the, the PPD Lil Drama. I love and it. Even though I like PBD, I, I enjoy the salt and I want to see it flow. I love it. PPD versus Lil. Oh, this is so good. <laughs> That's we would love to have, you know, webcams of those guys and or like a mic on them even just to hear reactions. But that would be good stuff. Yeah. Um I, I gotta say I, I, I honestly am a little surprised to even see frankly I'm surprised to see both these teams here, <laughs> of course, at this point. But uh really at NIP, I, I did not think this Team was going to come together right away, and this being the European region, of course, and how difficult it is. We talked about that. But uh, I, I did watch their game against Liquid earlier today, especially, and they 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 looked good. They stomped Liquid, frankly. They deserved that best-of-one tiebreaker there, um, one game. But apparently also Tanner, Tanner has been playing well. His hero pool may be a little limited from what I'm understanding, but when he gets a Shadow Fiend, uh, and there's another one that I'm blanking right now on especially, but... Um, he, d- he does very well. So, uh, And to Hawk, I've always been sold on, especially in the Gambit days. So I guess in there, maybe it's not as surprising, but um, they-, they came together a little more quick than I, than I expected. So I'm going to go with NIP once again to be a little different right there. Long-winded way of saying that. So I got to say I'm, I'm pissed that Liquid didn't, to bias, bias point here, but I'm going to ESLA. Uh, by the way, I'm just going to be going uh, as a fan and everything. Was really hoping they would qualify, man. Feels hey, bad, man. They can, they can go through the minor, I guess. Certainly yeah, there possible. you go. <laughs> All they have to do is beat Nigma Alliance, and whoever else now in the minor qualifiers to even get to the minor. Oh, God. That's, that's going to be tough. That's what we call an oof. Yeah, that's quite the oof. Uh, all right, so other regions... That's uh, not as long-winded, I suppose, but Southeast Asia, 
Adroit versus IO Dota 2? I haven't gotten to watch Adroit at all, but I did watch IO and they didn't look all that great to me, so I'll go with Adroit. Okay. Yeah, Adroit's, uh, of course, a uh, major team themselves. They were at the last major, right? I believe it was, yeah. I believe it was, yeah. Uh, second major there, so uh, wouldn't be the most surprising ever. Um, I, I want to say Adroit, but I can't, man, with the internet issues, mental state, you got to wonder, IO Dota 2, at least the roster does feel good, so I'll go with them. Once again, going to be different there, but interesting to hear that uh, you didn't. we weren't the most impressed by them, though, when it, when it came to their play, so... We'll see how that goes. Um, CIS, we got, we already mentioned, uh, oh yeah, so it's only going to be two teams, but you got Hellraiser, Navi, Virtus Pro, and Cyber Legacy. Two of those four. What do you got? Uh, I'm going to go Navi and... You know, VP. Let's go, VP. You got this. VP's coming back. All right, Navi VP. Um, yeah, I'm gonna go with. Uh, you know, I'm gonna. I'm actually gonna go Hellraisers at least because again, this is CIS and different teams. Seems like they qualify every time, so I'm gonna go Hellraisers for sure. Uh, and I'll just play it easy. I'll go Navi as well. Um, they did look good at the last cycle major, at least earlier on. So, oh, I'm confident to go with them. So yeah, Hellraiser Navi there. And then that takes us into, what, South America, I guess, would be the last one. So South America, uh, I'm going to say Beast Ghost, uh, Beast Ghost and Thunder Predator going back. Uh, I can't really disagree with that one. All right. We'll see again. They're still in that tiebreaker. Thank God it's finally – God, if they actually would have – Got, I really uh, – because the tiebreaker rules eventually gets to a point where it suggests they're supposed to do a coin flip. So I'm, or I was kind of wondering, like, would it actually get to that point with them playing all these tiebreakers? But apparently not. They got they got through three, and that, that'll be it. Okay. Well, I think that does it for our bold predictions. So there you go. Uh, there you have it. The betonline.ag bold predictions of the week. Uh, remember to use promo code BLUEWIRE, all one word, for your 50% welcome bonus at betonline.ag. But uh, VSJ, I think we are, I think we're good, uh, good for this week. Done for the night. Uh, anything else to add? As always, no. And I'm actually going to not add anything. Fair enough. Hit that follow button, guys. We do appreciate it. Sub if you would like as well. It does help support all these Umbrella Podcasts here under Prediction. Uh, so really appreciate it. But thank you guys, as always, uh, for tuning in. Now, uh, one other quick announcement. Uh, we are going to be doing a time change when it comes to our podcast show. So we uh, ideally are going to keep things on Monday. Again, this week a little different. But it is going to be Monday still. But we're going to move it to 7 p.m. Eastern. So a couple hours later from when we have been doing it in the past. So a little bit of a time change there. Hopefully it doesn't affect you guys too much. But as always, you can check us out on Spotify, iTunes, etc. Uh, you, you know where to go for our podcast but until next time have a good night